good. Uh, it's uh, really lovely to be here and to share with you. As you know, I'm John Paul. Um, I was born in Northern Ireland, uh, but there is a picture somewhere um, which I put up, which is, that's Ireland. I just thought you should know that it can be sunny and beautiful. That's in the southernmost part of Ireland. And although I'm called John Paul, I am not the Pope, as some people would seem to say. Uh, I have been a pastor of the church for 37 years in Newcastle, and then I retired, and now I'm even busier uh, here at Life Vineyard. But it's a great place to be. And all that's happened this morning really is about what I wanted to say because it's about partnership. We are partners together. And so I'm going to be trying to... We haven't got much time, have we? So I have to rattle through this. Um, uh, yeah, Colossians. You know, we had a great talk from Tom on chapter 1, which is about Jesus pulling the strings of history. He's the head, the source, the aim of creation, and the church. He's totally preeminent. He surpasses all. He's matched as unequaled, unparalleled, the most distinguished person in history. That's Jesus. Hallelujah. And then we had a talk by someone who did it on uh, talking chapter 2, Christ, making Christ preeminent in our lives is the only way to find satisfaction in life. Jesus is an amazing human being, full of God, but says that we can be full of him. And all that he has is ours, makes us alive, forgives our sins, and has defeated all of Satan and his hordes. So we are free, hallelujah. And then Joe last week did a great sermon and a great talk, um, how we can live lives that reflect Jesus. And how we can set our hearts on the victorious Christ and our victory in him, put to death all that leads us away from God. And she gave us six practical points pointers to help us to reflect on Jesus. I was making notes, you know. Um, is that right? So we are becoming like Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good. Um, today we're looking at chapter 4 and um, the NIV gives two headings, uh, further instructions and final greetings. And that sounds really exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, how did the NIV come up with that? Further instructions, oh I forgot to tell you something, I'll just stick it in here now. Is it that? Um, and uh, please move on. Not moving on. Um, Is that happening? I hate these things. <laughs> Let's just get rid of that. It should go. Hmm? <laughs> okay, never mind. I'll get my Bible out. Um, because I've only got a little time and. Uh, Let's okay. It's okay. Let's read uh, Colossians chapter four, and I'm going to read from verse two. Um, devote yourselves. This is, you know, this is one of these sermons that pastors don't like preaching and congregations don't like receiving, because there's two words that uh, that make can make you feel guilty or make you feel whatever. And one of them is prayer and, and the other is about sharing your faith. 
and uh, pastors find it hard to preach on and the congregation don't like to receive it sometimes because it can produce guilt and all sorts of other things. I'm not about that today. Um, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every, con- every opportunity and let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Then we've got that list of names. You know, final greetings is all about a list of names. Ooh, thank you. Still not working. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <it's laughs> Don't worry. Tehikus. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I'm sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. Those are the people that are with with, uh, Paul. Paul's in prison in Rome And he's got a lot of people around him. And then he goes on, My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Jesus, who is called Justice, also sends greetings. These are the only Jews among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have proved a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. Then listen to this. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Give my greetings to the brothers at Laodicea and to Nympha at the church in her house. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. That's a letter that Paul wrote that we haven't got, unfortunately. Tell Archippus... See to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be to you. And um, I had a bit of paper in my Bible, but it's gone. Um, Never mind. Um, It's not working. Oh, right, um, right, do it that way. That's fine, yeah. Um, be. It's all, all over the places. I'm not going to preach from this at all. Be devoted in prayer. Um, 
When you became a Christian, you gave your life to Jesus. You devoted it to him. And when Paul says, be devoted to prayer, I don't think he's saying, I mean, it is important that we set aside time for prayer and that we set, set aside and we pray through the day and all the rest. That, that's important. But I don't think that's what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, be devoted. Be devoted to everything that God's been saying through the whole of his letter. He's saying, because prayer is a place where we, where we seek the purpose and the will of God. And Paul has been explaining that in Ephesians, in Ephesians um, Colossians. Um, and he's, what he's, he's saying there is that, that the, purpose, the purpose of God uh, for the Colossians, uh, I think it's in chapter 2, he says, um, that they would be continuing their faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and proclaimed. And, and he goes on, he, you know, in chapter, chapter two about this wonderful person, Jesus, and, and the salvation plan that God has for the world. And, and, you know, so when he says, be devoted in prayer, he's really saying, be devoted to God's purposes, to seeking God's purposes, to living out God's purposes in the life uh, that reflects Jesus, as we heard last week. That's what it's all about. And so Paul says, be devoted in prayer. And then he says, be devoted in prayer. And there's three <coughs> partnerships that God spoke to me about in this passage. The first one is that there is a partnership in prayer. We are partners in prayer. Um, and, you know, I love our um, Monday morning prayer meeting that we have. We don't have it over August. The Zoom prayer meeting because it's just a great opportunity to be partners together in prayer. And, and I, you know, some of us can jump out of bed in the morning at five o'clock and be wide awake and ready to go. That's me. And others um, wake up in the morning and they come to the prayer meeting and they look half dead, bleary-eyed and desperate for a coffee. And, and I understand that and I really admire those who are the... the, the the ones who wake up half dead. Um, I just admire them when they turn up at a seven o'clock prayer meeting because that's a sacrifice. God loves that. He really does. And he bless you. And when Paul says, you know, we are partners together, that's a real challenge. But when you read this passage, you discover all these people that Paul mentions are all people that are involved in prayer because he's praying for them. He's encouraging the church at Colossae to pray. He's spreading information through all these other, to, through all these other people, the friends that he has with him in prison because he was in prison in a house, but he was chained, but he had lots of people with him. He had Timothy was with him and, uh, and some of the other names that are mentioned here, Onesimus, Ar Ar Aristarchus, uh, Mark, and uh, Justice and Epaphras. They are all there with Paul. So there's a lot of praying going on, I suspect, because Paul did a lot of praying. 
And you know, sometimes we think Paul's this great lone apostle who goes off out and he plants churches and leaves them and plants a church there and so on. But you'll find that he's always got people around him and he's always in communication with people. That's the church. That's the church. You're a part of that. And, and we, need to, we need to just grasp hold of that in our lives. We are the church in prayer together, our partners in prayer. And what a privilege, because prayer is just communion with God, fellowship with God, partnership with God. You know, we, you know, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is not the cup of coffee you have after the service. Fellowship is partnership in the gospel. Fellowship is partners together in the work of Christ. And that's what we're for. And it's a wonderful thing. And, and Paul's prayer, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful. We've got to be watchful. Um, we've, got to, we've got to be alert. We've got to be vigilant. When I, was, uh, well, when I was at university in Belfast, I went home one weekend to my village. This was in the time of the Troubles in Northern Ireland. And discovered that my dad was a vigilante which meant that every once a week he had to go and there was a little hut in the cro at the crossroads in the village where he and a couple of other men uh, would be vigilant for IRA terrorists who would, what they did was come along with two cars, stop somewhere in the village or in the town and one person would get out of one car, jump in the other and off it would go and they would leave a car with a bomb in it. And so my dad and his friends were there to... Uh, to be vigilant, and when, the, when that happened, they had to go knocking on doors saying, get out of your house, and that was a very dangerous thing to do. And I did an evening with them, and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? And, and there was a bomb, it did happen, no one was killed, fortunately, but I can tell you that um, every house in the village had some broken windows. Be vigilant, because, well, we've got to be vigilant in terms of our own lives. Be vigilant about temptation. Are you being tempted? Is there temptations of the enemy? Because the enemy's all around. I would love to find this bit of paper. I was going to show you something and it's gone. I left it on the seat. Um, temptation. I, I was tempted this week. I, my son bought me a subscription to National Geographic magazine, which I love. And he's bought that for two years every year as a Christmas present. This week, I got a little letter from National Geographic saying, you're a very loyal customer, even though I haven't given them a penny. You're a very loyal customer, and as a reward, we are giving you 10 free lines on the lottery. Was that a temptation? I thought to myself, well, if I win a few million, I could give some of it to the church. Uh, and, and this was all going through my head. I knew it, I, you shouldn't do that. We don't do that as Christians, do you? Yes, we do. You think it. Anyway, um, I, I've still got the card, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Um, temptation. Be vigilant. They're always there. The enemy is very sneaky. And, and we need to watch out. And we need to be vigilant and alert to what God is doing. We need to be discerning of what God is doing around us in our church and where God is wanting to take us. We need to be vigilant and alert to that, alert to God's voice. 
That's important in our devotion to prayer. We need to be alert that we do have an enemy. You know, I look at the world, and I look at, I look at what's going on in Ukraine, and, and the, the war there, and the suffering, and the pain, and the hurt, and the famine that's taking place because of that, and global war. You know, so much stuff going on in the world, and I look at our nation, and I look at what's on television, and I look at, yeah, it's just wherever you look, you think, what is going on? And really, you know, and, I, and then I look at the church in our nation, and I think there's so much liberal theology, there's so much almost denial of the cross in some churches today, and I think, Lord, what's going on? It's the enemy, and we need to be alert, we need to be vigilant, and I long for revival, because I, you know, only God can change our nation, but first, he has to change us. As I said before, we are sub, subnormal Christians, subnormal church, because the church God planned was like the Pentecost church. And we need to get back to knowing the Holy Spirit. Revival is the Spirit coming and touching the church. And I've been reading you know, about the, in the Welsh revival, it, when the, the revival came, the church was on its knees. And out of it came prayer, and evangelism wasn't needed. Because <laughs> God brought them in and answered, brought people to Christ in answer to prayer. It was just an amazing time. Um, and, and, you know, everything came to a stop. You know, the miners stopped working because they were busy going to meetings and praying and so on. They, if they did go to work, they had prayer before they started and prayer at lunchtime. Everyone was praying. Revival was a great prayer meeting, and the nation was transformed. Are we happy with, you know, a dozen or so people being converted every year in our church? We will never win the nation that way. But look at Acts. 3,000 on the day of Pentecost. That was happening in the Welsh revival. Can it happen again? Yes, it can. If we're partners together and partners, one of the other things we're going to say was partners with the Holy Spirit because it's the, the Holy Spirit is our, as I said one Sunday, our senior partner. It seemed good to ourselves and to the Holy Spirit is what uh, the church said in one of their meetings. We need to be alert. We need to watch out. Pray for us that God may open a door for our message. God's the door opener. Jesus opens the door. Um, it's all about him. And to proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may, be, may proclaim it clearly. Uh, I think what that is about, I mean, Paul says that I may proclaim it clearly, um, as I should, um, and then to make the most of every opportunity. Um, but he, you know, he says, that I may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So when he says he wants to proclaim it clearly, I think, if you, being you and me, we've been thinking, well, I'm going to preach in this place, uh, and they might throw stones at me. Maybe, mm, 
I'll just tone it down a bit. And for Paul, I would understand that. He had such a rough time. He had been stoned almost to death and had a rough time every time he was sharing the gospel. And we think, oh, if I am talking to this person and if I, well, I'll just tone it down a bit. I'll not talk about anything that might offend. But the gospel, I think it was John Stott said, the gospel is, I can't remember what he said, it's, it's um, not difficult, wasn't it? but he said it's edgy. And it's got an edge to it, and, it, and it's, yeah, I can't remember the word he used. But basically, we want to make it, we want to make it nice. And, and Paul's saying, I'm, I want to prepare, I want a clear gospel to be presented that deals with sin, that deals with the cross, that deals with repentance. Those are the things that will make it clear. Uh, and the temptation for all of us, I think, today is in our sharing of our faith is to not tone it down. Let your conversation be always... Yeah. Do you know... I was, God is so good, and yet we get it wrong. I want to, you know, we try to share our faith, and we don't, we think, I'm not going to tone it down. And I remember once I went, I was at a party. I mean, we can make our own opportunities. We can make doors open if we pray before you go anywhere. Ask God. Open a door when I go to this party. Open a door when I go to work. Open a door when I'm just out shopping. Open a door. Let God do it. And I remember once I was at a party and I, as I was there, I was saying, Lord, do you want me to talk to anyone? I mean, I was talking to people. Do you want to talk to anyone about you? And I, I saw a guy in the corner and I knew he had a motorbike and I had had a motorbike for a few years. And I thought, well, maybe I can start a conversation about motorbikes and that may lead somewhere. So I did. I started the conversation, told him about my bike. He said, what kind is it? I explained what it was. And then... He started and he told me everything about my motorbike that I hadn't a clue what he was talking about. And then he went on to talk about his and the other one he had and the one he had before that. And after about half an hour, I'm exhausted listening to him and can't get a word in edgeways. And eventually a friend rescued me. <laughs> um, and sometimes we get it totally wrong, but maybe he just needed to hear me talking to him or him talking to me. I don't know. But... Pray for opportunities. Let your conversation be full of grace. We're not there to point fingers. We're not there to make people feel guilty. We're not there to, yeah. We're just there to love them. Just there to love them. One of the things that um, I like about um, Epaphras is that in, at the beginning it says that he tells Paul um, he says, you learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. That was the thing that really touched Epaphras with these people who were becoming, because he was the one who planted the church at Colossae. He was converted by Paul, probably, but he went up to Colossae and, and led people to Christ and started a church. And the thing he emphasized is that he told Paul, who also told us of your love in the Spirit. It's the only mention of the Spirit in Colossians, directly. And 
Paul later in this, that list that we have at the back, he talks about Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ. Jesus sends greetings. He is also wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in the will of God. This is, this is what we need today. Men and women who will wrestle with God for the church and for our nation. The wrestling comes from Sparta, the word it's agonizomai, a Greek word uh, from which we get the word agony. He was agonizing in prayer for the people. He was agonizing in prayer for his church. He separated from them because he's with Paul. Um, he may, yes, I mean, in Philemon, the book of Philemon, it mentions that, that he was in chains. So Epaphras may well end up in chains with Paul and be being executed. But he was wrestling in prayer. In Sparta, um, kids who were chosen to be warriors uh, at seven years old, they were taken away from their parents and uh, their training was they would strip them of their clothes and they would, they would put oil all over their bodies and then they had to wrestle together, two of them, until one was so fatigued he let go. And, and it's a great picture of prayer that we are wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and holding on to God. Not going to let go. That's it. Hold on. Keep praying. Keep wrestling. Keep wrestling. Agonizing in prayer. I think, um, I don't cry when I pray very often. And, and I want to cry when I pray. I want to feel in my heart. I want to have tears for the lost in our land. I want to feel the heart of Jesus who wept over Jerusalem. And we need that. It's, you know, reaching the nation is not about having programs. It's not about having alpha courses. It's not about all the other stuff we do. It's about reaching God in prayer, discovering the heart of God for our nation, the tears of Jesus. That's what we need. And that's what Paul is speaking about here. And this Epaphras must have been a great man to have in your church. Unfortunately, Paul had very little to do with the Colossian church apart from writing letters to them. He, I don't think he ever visited the church. But he loved this man, Epaphras. And I think it was the love of the people that he talked about there, love in the spirit. I think that was what Epaphras valued and treasured. And where did that love come from? Well, it maybe came from his example. And he loved them so much. And he wrestled in prayer for them. Do you wrestle in prayer for one another? That's a challenge. This is all about partnership. It's all about partnership. You know, when, when it's interesting in those first couple of verses, um, Paul says, you know what he says? He says, um, pray that... Well, it says, pray that God may open the door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. And then he says, pray that I may proclaim it as I should. Be wise. And then he says, be wise in the way you act. Who's he speaking to then? It's not about him. It's about you, the people at Colossae. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every company. Or every opportunity and then let your conversation be always full of salt full of grace seasoned with salt 
so that you may know how to answer. So he has a, an I and a you, and he had a we as well, so that we may proclaim the mystery. Who's he talking to? It's a whole crowd of people that he's including in this message that he has. And we just need to get hold of that. We are partners together. We are partners in prayer. We are partners in proclamation. And we have a partnership with the senior partner, the Holy Spirit. And it's him we need. And more of him. It's his fullness we need in our lives. Which will take us into prayer. Which will take us wherever God wants us to go. Be devoted to God's plans, God's purpose for you and for me. Amen. 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 That's